You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. This place truly is a place that you can get saved, you can get delivered, you can get launched into your purpose. And that, that is what God wants for each and every one of us. And, you know, I, I shared that story to honor Pastor John and Becky, but, you know, I, I, feel, I just feel like saying this is that, you know, maybe there's some people in this room right now and you're, you're, you're questioning, you know, should I stay here? You know, should I stay in California? You know, is this for me? I believe, you know, God brought me here. And one, one day I want to give a talk about how to leave a church. Um, you know, when I, when I left my previous ministry, it was, it was a great ministry. And I felt like we had a word from God to leave and I submitted it to my leader and he prayed and he said, you know, we don't want you to go. We have plans for you here, but we feel, you know, God is telling you to go. But, um, but had he said stay, we would have, we would have never left. I, 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 I have a military background. So to me, it's chain of command, you know, but, but there is a blessing, you know, in being planted where God wants you to plant. And even if you don't like, I mean, I, I don't spend a lot of hardly any time with, you know, Pastor John and Becky, I see a little bit more, but, you know, covering, it doesn't mean you need to be hanging out with, you know, them all the time, but, but when you're, when you're in a place that God has called you to be and under that covering, there, there's a, there's a protection and a blessing that comes over your life that it's, we almost don't even understand it and comprehend it. It's kind of like this invisible, you know, shield, you know, that, that, that just kind of, because we're plugged in, you know, to, this house and what's on this house flows down um, into our lives and into our families. But but let's get into the word of God. You guys ready? All right. I I want you to go to 2 Kings uh, chapter 7. And I'm going to read a little bit about, about, I think, about 12 or or 13 scriptures here. And then I want to break down some stuff that I believe, you know, God God was showing me uh, really here this morning. Well, let, let me set some context here before, before reading this. So what, what's going on right now? There's a king. There's a, two bad kings, you know, operating during this time. I believe Pastor Jurgen talked about it last Wednesday, Ben-Hadad, right? Ben-Hadad, right? So Ben-Hadad, he orders, basically, like he, he besieges Samaria, and he orders a blockade around Samaria. And basically, where no goods and services can come in, no goods and services can go out, I mean, they are on lockdown. And the result of that was inflation of every, all goods and services just skyrocketed, you know, in that area. And this is not like Joe Biden's inflation. This is like, this is, uh, this is like, I mean, this is worse than that, worse than what we're facing right now. And, you know, it, and it gets to the point where not just the cost of goods and services keep going up and go, up and up, but eventually they run out where there, there, there are no goods and services. And you hear stories of women actually eating their children to survive and people actually living off of dove dung because uh, they believe birds didn't, you know, 100% digest what they ate, so there's still nutrition in this. So everybody say, ew. But this is a bad situation. Would you guys agree? I mean, this is horrible. This is dark times. I mean, people are dying, dropping like flies all around them. And then we begin in chapter 7. And Elijah replies, listen to the message of the Lord. This is what the Lord says. By this time tomorrow, the markets in Samaria... 
in the markets of Samaria, six quarts of choice flour will cost only one piece of silver. And 12 quarts of barley and grain will cost only one piece of silver. So the cost of all this stuff was skyrocketed. This was like pre-lockdown prices um, that they're saying this is, you know, impossible that this can happen. But it all starts with a word, of, a word from God. Everyone say a word from God. Really a promise from God. So the, the man of God comes and, he, he, and he, he gives this prophetic word. By this time tomorrow, you know, the cost of all this stuff is going to be back to normal prices, only cost, you know, one thing of silver, whatever I just said. And this is something that is like impossible uh, given the current circumstances. So keep reading down here. My iPhone keeps turning off. Sorry about that. Um, the officer assisting the king and the man of God says, this couldn't even happen if the Lord opened the windows of heaven. But Elijah replies, you will see this happen with your own eyes, but you will not be able to eat of it. You will not be able to enter in because you did not receive the promise from God. You did not give your amen to that promise and attach your faith to that promise. I want you to know that everything in our life starts with a promise. Salvation starts with a promise when we confess with our mouth and we believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord. We receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. We receive the promise of eternal life. And then really the rest of our Christian walk is really unlocking promise after promise after promise, moving from glory to glory to glory. And glory, all glory is, is uh, the manifestation of God's presence, the manifestation of God through your life. So we, we accept them into our heart and we unlock this amazing promise, the, 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 the greatest gift that we could be, ever be given. But then he wants us not just to, he has us set up for eternal life, right, to win when we leave this earth. But now it's unlocking promises so we win here and now. And also, you know, not just wait, you know, to get to heaven one day for everything to be good, but really to win here on earth and lead other people to him. So it all starts with a promise. Now, continuing to read here, uh, now there were four men with leprosy sitting at the entrance of the city gates. And, and they're talking, they're having a conversation, and, they, and you know, one of them says, why should we sit here waiting to die, they asked each other. We will starve if we stay here. But with the famine in the city, we will starve if we go back there. So we might as well just go out, surrender to the Aramean army. If they let us live, man, that'll be great. <laughs> but if they kill us, you know, hey, you know, we're going to die anyways, right? I mean, talk about a depressing conversation. I mean, talk about a depressing conversation. But as you're going to see in this story, God uses these four lepers to actually unlock this promise and bring to pass what the man of God prophesied. And, and you know, be, be, before I go any further, I'm talking about man of God and prophesying and all of that. But promises for our life. In, in the Bible, there are 7,487 promises that God says are yours. So my question to you right now is how many of them do you know are available to you? Uh, I, you know, I, I don't think there's a speaker that gets up here, you know, any week that is not pointing us to the Word of God, that is not pointing us to get into His Word and really understand what is ours. You know, we struggle so much in this life for really ignorance. 
you know, for just lack of understanding, lack of knowing, you know, what is ours. It's like if you had a backpack, you know, full of cash and you never opened it, you never knew what was in it, and you walked around homeless the rest of your life, not knowing, not realizing, you know, you have, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in your backpack, it's kind of equivalent to that. So you, you tell me, if you heard, heard me talk before, I, I like interaction. So you give, give, me some, give me some promises. Give me some promises in the Word of God for our lives, for every one of us. Who's got one? Who's got one? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Nobody knows the promise. There we go. Come on, Quacha. I wish it all that you prosper and be in health, even if your soul has prospered. Three John, two, three John 2. There you go. What else? What else? What's another one? Yes, Rachel. The wealth of the wicked are stored up for the righteous. I absolutely love it. I need one more. Yes, ma'am. God will never leave us for forsake us. Come on. That's good stuff. That should excite you. So these are promises that are available to us. Now, above and beyond these 7,000 plus promises that are available in the Bible, God will speak through other people. God will speak to you uh, through the Holy Spirit and give you what I, what I like to call custom promises, right? You know, God's not going to tell, you're not going to find anywhere in the New Testament about what business to go start or, or something like that or who to move, but God will speak these things. So it all starts with a promise and then, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Let me keep reading here. So the four men, uh, why sit here if, if, we, if they kill us? Uh, we would have died anyway. So at twilight, they set out uh, for the camp of the Arameans. So what happened between that conversation and setting out is they made a decision. Everyone say they made a decision. They made a decision basically to, okay, this is what God is saying. This is what we're going to want to go for. And so many of us, I, I've been guilty of this so many times in my life where God, I know God was saying this or God was saying that, but I, I, I decided not to connect my faith with it. I decided or I connected my faith with it, but wasn't really all in, wasn't really backing it with my actions. And that's what we're going to talk about in a minute. So they move out and they set out towards the camp of the Arameans. But when the camp, when they came to the edge of the camp, no one was there. For the Lord had caused the Aramean army to hear the footsteps of four leopards. Whoa. No, an army. They weren't hearing that. They said, it says that the Lord caused the Aramean army to hear the clatter of speeding chariots and galloping horses and the sounds of great army approaching. That's what I was talking about, Daniel. Like when, when, when you go out, when I said God will back you, when you go into certain areas, and this applies to all of us, when we go in to any areas that God has called us to say, he will cause us to appear much bigger. He will cause the world and the people around us to view us in a way that we're not viewing ourselves and bring a reaction that we're not even expecting uh, to get. So at twilight, they head out. But when they came to the edge of the camp, they hear the clatter, speeding chariots, galloping horses, and sounds of a great army approaching. And the king, uh, and it says, the king of Israel has hired the Hittites and the Egyptians to attack us. So the, 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 the sound is so loud, the rumbling, the ground shaking is all, like they're thinking, man, armies, not just the army coming against us, but they must have hired out multiple armies to combine coming out of us. And what we're going to read is they just get the heck out of there. They, they don't even untie their donkeys. They don't leave their horses there. They, I mean, they, they're just 
boogieing out of there on foot. So, so panicked, they run into the night. They abandon their tents. They abandon their horses, their donkeys, and everything else, and they flee for their lives. And then the men with leprosy arrive at the edge of the camp, and they went into one tent after another, eating, drinking wine, and they carried off silver and gold and clothing and hid it. And finally, they say to each other, you know, this is not right. This is the day of good news, and we're not sharing this with anyone. If we wait until morning, some calamity will certainly fall upon us. Come on, let's go back and tell the people at the palace. Every time God blesses you, it's never just for us. It's never, it's never just for us. It never is. And, you know, when, when God is pressing you to step into a new area, he's excited about what's going to happen in your life. He's excited about the new level he's going to take you to, but he also has in mind the people that you're going to reach, the people that are going to be inspired by the life you're living, the people that you're going to impact with, because when you go to new levels, you, you, it comes with new authority right? It, it comes with new authority. I, I talked about Pastor Becky really pushing me, and the result of that was, you know, we went and bought a house, and, and I shared that was hard for me to do just because uh, I, I have no problem investing in real estate, but buying my primary house, I lost one back in 07, and it just was like this trauma, and so it was hard for me to do that, but since I pressed through, I feel like, I feel like clarity is back. I can uh, just, uh, it's just different when I pray now. It's just, it's, 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 because that was limiting me, but, but now I, I can relate to somebody. I can speak into the lives of somebody that's gone, because you, you can't take somebody else where you haven't been, right? You could teach in theory. That's why I, I didn't enjoy college. I used to argue with my business professors all the time, because I'm like, that, that doesn't make sense. Like, that's not how you do it, and that's how you do it. Have you ever run a business? No. Well, you got nothing. To, I mean, I was a different guy back then, but <laughs> But man, when, when God brings you through something, man, you, you have that authority. So, all right, so where, where would he leave off? So they went back to the city and told the gatekeepers what had happened. They went out to the uh, Aramean camp, and they said, and uh, no one was there. So the king actually gets back to the king, essentially, and the king sends out scouts to verify everything that happens. And in fact, it was exactly as the four lepers said. And then just skipping ahead to uh, verse 16, uh, verse 16, uh, then the people of Samaria rushed out and plundered the Aramean camp. There's the people that uh, God had in mind when he caused the four lepers. And I love that he used the four lepers, don't you? I mean, le leprosy was, um, it was a, a disease, I believe, called Hansen Hansen's disease. It affects the central nervous systems and begins to attack the limbs and just nasty skin disease. It was like the equivalent of maybe like HIV AIDS 30, 40 years ago. It was just like this stigma, you know, that, that was attached to it. These were the least likely people for God to use to come and save the day. I don't know about you, but that, that encourages me. That, that encourages me a lot. I mean, I think about where I came from. I think about the things that I've been through. I think about the people that wrote me off. I think about, you know, all of these things. And it gives me great hope because God does not look at the external. God does not look at your past. He doesn't look at your mistakes. He doesn't look at the promises. Maybe you tried to pursue but failed. He looks at the heart. He looks at a willingness. And he's going to use whoever's willing. You know, Mo Moses, um, when, when Moses was called, 
about 400 years went by where the Israelites were in captivity. And you will never convince me that a loving father, God, sat there and said, I'm just going to let my people suffer for 400 years, you know, and then I'll send Moses. I believe, I can't prove this, but I believe there was people tapped along the way and they didn't answer the call. You know, many are called, but few are chosen. So it starts with a promise and then you decide, okay, I'm going to attach my faith to that promise. And so it's kind of like, I see it as a cycle. You have the promise comes, then you have, you decide, you have faith action, faith and works, right? And then you get the result and then you share it. Because the reason why ending is not just because God wants to read people, but if you don't give away what God is giving you, then you're going to plateau there. You're going to get stuck. And then what was meant to bless you is going to own you. Uh, and, and what was meant to bless you will turn into a curse. That's why, you know, that's why every week, you know, we, we get up here and we talk about ties. We talk about giving, you know, because... You know, your, your future is determined by the seed that you sow today. You know, many people look at their future and say, well, I, you know, whatever's going to happen, happen. I don't have any control over the future. That just couldn't be further than the truth. Because the seed in your hand today determines the harvest or lack of harvest that you're going to get tomorrow. So uh, l- let me talk a little bit about faith in action here. So... This word comes, they, they respond. They actually didn't even know. These four leopards didn't even know the word came. The man of God said this, unrelated to that. The, the four, God was working on their heart. They respond to it. But they put their faith in the fact that our only chance is to do this. This is our only way where we have a chance. But then they actually put their, their feet to work. They began moving to the camp. And I, I, I feel like, you know, I, I, I've been, a, you know, I got saved in 1999 and, you know, been around church oh, a while. And, you know, I've seen a lot of, you know, every time I, I, I go travel the country to speak for real estate, I always visit a church, wherever, whatever city I'm in, and, you know, met some wonderful people. But I feel sometimes there's this thing, and I, not at Awaken, but it's kind of like, well, you know, just God's going to bless me, right? And name it and claim it, right? And it's just going to happen, right? And not, not understanding that we have this part to play. It, you know, it's, you know, it's when, when I got saved, you know, God would speak to me about little things in these, you know, I would believe God for parking spots and I, and I would get it and God would get these like amazing words. But I found the, the more I matured uh, in Christ, you know, the Bible says that he gives us his mind. And, and, you know, the, the, the more I matured, to me, it's more of a partnership where not, maybe not a lot of, you know, external words, but it's more like my thoughts just become more like his thoughts. My actions just become more, you know, like his actions. But we, faith, having faith is one thing, but we have to put the work in alongside of it. Faith without works, the Bible says, is dead. Faith without works is hope. And hope is just not a strategy that is going to bring results. Uh, It is just not. But faith with works brings deliverance. It brings breakthrough. Whenever I think of faith and works, I think of the story. I may have said this once before, but the Chinese bamboo tree. And I, I love the story of the Chinese bamboo tree. And if you're familiar with it or not, you know, you, you plant the seed. The promise comes. The promise is the seed. You plant that seed. It comes into your life. You say, all right, I, I believe. I'm believing God for this. It goes into the ground. 
But the Chinese bamboo tree takes five years to break through the surface of the ground. Five years. And then in the following five weeks, it'll grow up to 90 feet tall in five weeks. So the question is, did it take five years for the bamboo tree to grow 90 feet or did it take five weeks? Obviously, the answer is, you know, you know, five years. But I can imagine, you know, a person just, you know, planting this tree and maybe in their front yard or something, I don't know, and they're out there every day and they're using their faith, right? They're speaking to that seed. God, I thank you for this promise. God, I thank you uh, for the, this, this job opportunity that you're bringing for. I thank you, God, for the spouse that you have for me, God. I thank you, God, for delivering me of this depression. God, I thank you, you know, speaking over the promise, speaking over the promise. That's the faith part. But if you don't water that thing, you don't get it some sunlight, you don't fertilize the soil, that, that's it's not going to produce fruit. So I could picture, you know, that, that, that person out there in the front yard, you know, watering the dirt, and maybe the neighbors come by, and they're like, what are you doing? I'm watering my bamboo tree, speaking to my promise, watering the bamboo tree. Oh, that's cool. A couple weeks later, what are you doing? Watering my bamboo tree months, years later. I don't know what's up with that guy. Just, you know, and then, bam. So the thing is, we don't know. God's timing is always perfect. Every, every time, there's been so many times in my life I thought I missed it. I, I thought I was too late. I thought, man, just I, I, my, the window closed and it's, it's just not there anymore. But God always comes around and when he answers the promise, it's always the perfect timing. It could be five years. It could be five days. It could be, you know, five months. But that's God's responsibility. Our responsibility is the faith, is the speaking God's word, is taking the appropriate action. So, you know, I would ask you tonight, you know, a great question to ask God. Now, ask him tonight on your ride home. God, what, what is it you want from me? What is it you want me to do, God? We pray and we look to God to do things. He always is going to do his side. He's faithful. He's full of faith. But what is he asking of you, right? If you're believing God, you know, for a job and you're sitting home praying about it every day, but you're not getting out resumes or you're not getting out, you know, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's, 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 it's faith, but it's also, you know, logic. And unfortunately, I, I believe that there's so many in the church at large, you know, that just have great destinies on their lives, great callings. But I'm concerned some people may never enter into it. You know, even while going to church every week and dancing and shouting and, you know, believing God, you know, for these things, but not putting into effect that faith, that action, God, what is it that you want from me? Going out there and doing what's required, you know, doing what he, what he puts, you know, on your heart. You think of Saul. Saul, you know, before he was Paul, he was a, a man with a great call on his life. He wrote most of the New Testament, a great destiny. But he was making so many bad decisions. He had the, the perfect upbringing to be a force within the church, but he kept making bad decisions till God knocked him off his high horse, right? And if you read the Bible, the first thing that he says is, Lord, what shall you have me do? You know, 
So he had that experience that the faith was ignited. But Lord, what shall you have me do? It's a beautiful question to ask God. It's a, it could be a scary question to ask God. I think Pastor Jurgen, you said it so well last week where, you know, being a Christian, it's, it's, an, invest, it's an adventure. It's, it's not predictable. Um, it's not, not always, you know, the safest, safest feeling. But I, I, one thing I could promise you is that the safest place in the whole world for each and every one of you, myself included, is in the will of God. Whatever that may look like for your life. And your call is different from my call. My call is different. Every, each one of in here, we're so uniquely made. We're so uniquely wired. And God does have a great plan. His promise for all of us is that he's given us a hope. He's given us a future. He, he's literally created you to do something that nobody else in this world, nobody else on this planet can do. And he wants you to walk in that even more than you want to walk in it. Because he does not only just have you in mind, he has the people waiting for it. So the promise comes. So I, I just challenge you, what are the promises in your life that are not a reality yet? And all of us have them, right? As long as we're on this earth, there's an area to grow. There's a new level to tap into. We, no one arrives. You, you never arrive. So what is an area of life, a promise that you haven't tapped into? And what does God say about it? And then ask God, what shall I do about this, God? How can I attach my faith? How can I attach my actions? And when you do that, whether it's five years or five months or five days, you'll get the result. And then when that result comes, what do you do? You bless others. You share it, right? And you just live and you repeat this beautiful, beautiful cycle of just receiving from God and giving, giving, receiving. And it, it's just, there's, there's no other life. There's no other life. But when the promise comes, it all starts with a decision. It all starts with a decision. And, and then we decide, are we going to make a move or not? That was the title of my message, by the way. Uh, make, make, make a move. Uh, is when, when, the, when the promise comes, what, what are we going to do? What are we going to make? What are we going to do? So maybe you're sitting in this room tonight and you know, talking about all these 7,000 different promises, but you're sitting here and maybe, maybe you, you've never met Jesus, right? Maybe, maybe you've never received the greatest promise um, of, of eternal life, of, of receiving his spirit within you to lead and guide you and walk you into this purpose. Or maybe, you know, maybe you've responded before, but you didn't attach to faith. You didn't attach the actions, you didn't get the results, right? So then what the devil tries to do is, oh, this thing, this Christian thing doesn't work. You know, it's, I don't know about the, 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 this God thing, right? Is it God or, you know, is it us, right? You know, uh, Kobe Bryant, you know, I, I, I loved him as a basketball player and still so sad that he passed away. But I was listening to an interview this morning um, and he just said he, he goes into every game with no fear because he knows that he did everything in his power to prepare for that game. I, 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 I have no regrets, right? You know, and, you know, whatever happens, happens, but there's no fear because I did, you know, my part. And, you know, so what, 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 what is our part, right? What, what is our part? So if that's you tonight, I, I, wanna, I would be so honored to pray with you in a moment. 
and pray a prayer that I prayed on February 20th, 1999, in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean in the, on the USS Arctic. Uh, a, a young man at the time, 21 years old, riddled with anxiety, depression, all sorts of addictions, just, you know, dysfunctional family, a, a hot mess. And I remember just, you know, praying this simple prayer that we're going to pray in a moment. And no fireworks went off or anything. But in that moment, I felt this peace inside of me that I never felt before. And it was like, you know, inside it was always chaotic. It was always just anxious and so uncomfortable in my own skin. And all I knew is I prayed and something happened. And, you know, I look at my life from that time and it hasn't been perfect. I've made lots of mistakes. I've made a lot of bad decisions, but I've made a lot of good ones too. And, you know, my, my, my wife said it so good the other day or a couple months ago. She was like, if you look at like, you know, a stock that started here and went here, it never goes in a straight line, right? You have the ups and the dips and all, you know, so, you know, we, you know, the, we have a saying and, and, you know, awaken the prophetic sees forward, right? We have sweaters and all of that. And that's powerful. But it's equally as powerful to look back and see where God has brought you from, right? Because you you may have started here and now you're up here, but now you're down to a valley, but you're still light years ahead, you know, where where you started, right? So, So I encourage you, if you're facing hard times, you know, look back. God, he's never let anyone down. He's gonna come through. We have to do our part though. But let me get back. If you're in this room and you've never prayed that prayer, you've never asked Jesus in your life, I encourage you in a moment, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand. And it's not a promise that that life is gonna be perfect. It's not a promise. There's pain in life. But I've determined that we get to choose what type of pain we endure. It could be the pain of pressing through into God's will, or it could be the pain of living with regret. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to come to the end of my life and lie there, you know, looking back saying, man, I wish I really gave it, gave my heart to God. I really wish I gave all I could to that marriage or, you know, whatever it is. So without hesitation, raise your hand if you want to be included uh, in that prayer. I would be so honored to pray with you. So honored to pray with you. Thank you so much, ma'am. Thank you so much. And I, I remember when... Um, I remember when my, my friend invited me to this, um, you know, I remember my heart was pounding and my, my hands were sweating. So if your heart's pounding a little bit, your hands are sweating, God's talking to you, but who else? Uh, yes, thank you. Thank you, sir. Proud of you, man. Proud of you, man. God bless you, sir. God bless you. Up in the cheap seats, as uh, Rex, Rex Kane said, come see me after service. I want to shake your hand. All, all of you, all of you as well. But uh, anybody else? Perfect. Let's, yes, thank you, man. God bless you. Thank you. In the expensive seats. <laughs> oh, so good. Let's pray. So let's, uh, let's just all, I want you, um, those of you that raise your hand to repeat this after me and everybody in the room, pray with them. Uh, Lord Jesus, I do believe that you are the son of God. I believe that you died for me. I believe that you have a plan. You have a purpose for my life. 
And Jesus, today, I decide to let you in. I decide to let you lead and guide my life. Holy Spirit, teach me to make the decisions you want me to make. Teach me to live a life that makes you proud. From this day forward, I declare that heaven is my home and you are my father. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.